Welcome, welcome, your backup plan tribe to another great show today. You're not going to believe it. This is so new to everywhere. And I'm so excited today to bring to you a wonderful guest from Wisconsin. You know, our title today, what is our title? <laughs> our title is What is a Geriatric Consultant? You know, my name is Tina Ginn. Let's start right right at the beginning. If you don't, if you are new to our show, welcome to our show. Welcome your backup plan tribe. I am so off kilter today because I I have a new room that I put myself in to do the show. So I feel like I'm like off kilter. I'm I'm crooked or something. But it's all good. Um, it's working out and the sound sounds all right today. Uh, um, so we're all good to go. You have reached Talking Taboo with Tina. And what is Talking Taboo? Well, it's talking about all those topics that we don't want to talk about with each other, even our closest family member. I'm not sure why. It's kind of scary. And it's kind of um, upsetting, I guess, and can, can create all sorts of trauma within us. Some, some sometimes anger and fighting. And so I talk about trying to get it out there with people. And I interview guests that tell us the real raw conversations and their, their trauma or their cha life-changing event that changed their life forever. Now with our guest today from Wisconsin, she is going to tell us some great, give us some great tips and tricks about all of working with caregivers and people that need care and the life uh, changing events that occur within over age we might be. So if you are new here, welcome, welcome to our show. I'm going to get out my hand because you can click on that subscribe button right down there in the corner with my, my garden hand <laughs> and click on that bell so that you are notified when our upcoming videos are going to be coming out. And it helps the uh, algorithm of YouTube for our show to continue bringing you some great guests. So thank Thank you uh, for coming on our show. My name is Tina, as I said, and I'm an emergency preparedness coach, a best-selling author of In the Blink of an Eye, just like Jeannie. Everybody remember Jeannie? That's right. Um, in the blink of an eye, your life can change in a split second, and you're never the same. And everybody thinks, you know, we're not Superman. But we do. We, we honestly, especially men, think they are Superman. And it's a famous quote that everyone has a plan till you get punched in the face. And that's so very true. We think we have a plan and we're not really sure, but we think we do. And then we get punched and we realize that we didn't. We didn't really have that plan like we thought. So thank you for all of our American and our Canadian listeners. It's our third season already. I can't believe it. Um, I'm so excited to bring you this show. Each and every you guys are everything to me. So thank you. Um, and our next special guest uh, of listeners is Germany. And Ireland kind of keeps pushing them up the ranks a little bit. So, but thank you, Germany, for coming and staying as our third biggest group. I can't believe it. Meine deutsche Freunde sind unserem Podcast willkommen. Wenn Sie Kommentare haben, können Sie gern Fragen stellen. Also danke fürs Hören, meine deutsche Freunde. So thank you so very much, my German listeners. And Ireland, if you can beat them, I will definitely work on my Irish accent for that. So party started. If you found us, you found us for a reason because, you know, I'm hidden in the, all those YouTube videos. So let's, uh, let's get this party started. Um, uh, your backup plan was created from an episode, I would say, of dealing and working with clients and finding out 
that their stuff, their paperwork, and their insurance documents were all a big mess. Um, they used to throw their documents and have any idea what they had, what they didn't have, what they wanted even. So I made it, I made it easy in an app to make sure that people could just go down through the app, through the categories, each section as they wished, and fill it out and complete it. And it's easy with the, just the click of your phone. You can even take pictures of your prescriptions and what medical information that you receive from them. You can keep your own medical information. You can be prepared with emergency kits for wildfires and hurricanes and tornadoes. You can have um, things put in to your app that's special to you and your loved ones. So I'd like you to check it out. It's at yourbackupplan.ca and let's get this party started. I'm so excited. There she is. Welcome, Jody Capanusa from Wisconsin. She is an independent consultant. That is a mouthful. Um, and I'm so happy to bring you on today to tell us all about your tips and tricks and your guidance through what the heck do you do, Jody? What yeah. do you do? Yeah. So, you know, that is right. Um, what I am doing is actually kind of a very new service. And I think the way that I'm doing it in particular is so specific and so niche down that, gosh, you know what, if we are a right fit, it's just going to be fantastic for you. So I am an independent geriatric consultant. Um, I think it's, it's kind of cute. I'm going to start here. Um, when people don't know what the word geriatric means. Um, a lot of times they go, oh yeah, yeah. W what, what is geriatric? And <laughs> yeah. I just think it's so cute. And so the easiest way that I explain it to people is, you know, geriatrics is a medical specialty. It's, 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 a, it's a whole field within itself. And then I say, you know, just like Pediatrics works with the young and babies. Geriatrics is for the older population, those who are advanced in age. So then they go, oh, we need you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I um, let me just start kind of like from um, I'm just going to jump right in. And I'm just yeah, like, why that. did you decide yeah, that, on yeah. that, that life changing event? I did have that. So I was a hospital discharge planner at a level two trauma center for over 15 years. And I um, was kind of known as the queen of difficult discharges, meaning that, you know, if your aging loved one was hospitalized and had severe dementia and just we really had a hard time finding a rehab place that I loved those, those people. So I, I kind of got, I kind of got backed in a corner, so to speak with Medicare rules and hospital regulations. I wasn't able Tina to help my patients and the families the way they deserved. Yeah. And one day I was walking to work. I, I walked to work at that point and I looked up at the hospital and I was speaking to my father on the, on the phone and I really wasn't listening to what he was saying because I was crossing a busy street and he's, he, I heard the word slave come out of his mouth. I, I heard that word and I looked up at the hospital and I went, oh my goodness, I am a slave to Medicare and to the hospital rules. And I, I can't do that. I, I can't do it any longer. Um, I was, I was being forced to push people out of the hospital as fast as I can, not giving them choices. We gave them choices, but we didn't. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same in Canada. I don't know what it's like in the UK Yeah. Um, and in Australia and, and other countries, but it's definitely the same. They don't care if you're ready to go out the door or not. They push you out because they just don't have the beds. Right. And right. the staff. Right. So literally, um, I quit my job 13 days after that. 
I just, I walked away. You and had made husband, up your mind. It was that fast. I did not even give them two weeks notice. I just, it, that was it. I knew something had to change. So uh, my husband and I were driving to Colorado last year for a vacation. And I was doing the driving while he rested in the car. And literally this idea fell on my lap. And the whole business model, everything just fell right on me. And I spent the rest of the year developing the business plan and was able to launch uh, Midwest Geriatric Consulting Services January 1st. Oh, so nice. really, in essence, what I do, and this is kind of like my motto, so to speak, is I help you handle the overwhelming decisions of caring for a loved one with a clear and simple plan. I have taken that very specialized. But there's no problem. <laughs> you know, right. people, this, you know what problems could arise or what problems could be yeah. happening, Jody? Yeah. There's, you know, looking after an older person is no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, you know, I've taken that very specialized skill set of hospital discharge planning and I've brought it to the public. So now anyone can can use my skill set to help them with their with their care plan and help them with their loved one. Nice. That's really nice. Um was there any particular case at the moment that you kind of said I can't do this anymore? Like was there a certain predicament of of the client? Um, made you realize it or was it just overall, just each one just kept accumulating? I think it was just an accumulation. And then also, um, because of where my heart is and how much I care for people and, and I, I couldn't hear any more. Well, I don't care if they don't want to go to that, that facility, that's where they're going. I want them out of here. And, you know, and it, comments like that. I, I just, I, I, I couldn't ethically, Jody couldn't do that anymore. But Jody, if those people haven't had a plan, it makes it very difficult because they haven't thought about it. So true. And then they wait till it's too late and they're put in this predicament. Yeah. So true. So true. So many people wait until a crisis happens and then they try to figure it out. And that's, that's like, like impossible. I'm really well, going to say. I, I always use the explanation of, um, you know, people going away on a holiday and not booking a hotel and just waiting till they get there to find one and then find out that there's no rooms available mm -hmm. or the one room that is available, it's way out in Timbuktu to somewhere yeah, you know that, that's, that's analogy i guess yeah love that yeah 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 so that's that is an eye-opening because i don't think i could handle that either i couldn't handle people not having choices yeah yeah you know i i really took a lot of pride and i still do um i took a lot of pride i worked on the ortho neuro unit um so that there was a lot of different traumas going on there. Um, lots of elderly folks that would fall and fracture a hip or a pelvis or on the neuro side, you know, maybe they fell and, and bumped their head and now had a traumatic brain injury or a bad stroke. But, you know, just helping those families just understand what was happening and slowing everything down so they could understand. You know, I loved being in that hospital room with the family, the patient and the doctor, and then me acting as the family advocate, me asking questions that I already knew the answers to, but really didn't think that the families knew. And that, that I, I just really enjoyed spending time in the rooms and, and doing that sort of advocacy for my patients. So. Yeah. What do you think is the first thing that people don't realize when they're put in this predicament? What is the first thing that after it kind of happens? Sure. If we're going to, what do you think is the, mm -hmm. so um, most people don't realize that um, discharge planning, like if you're hospitalized suddenly for some kind of a trauma or some kind of an accident, 
discharge planning starts the moment you come through the emergency room doors. And that that can be devastating. So that 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 very moment when you enter through the emergency room doors, discharge planning is on everyone's mind. How are we going to get you moved through the system? So yeah, that's behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that we don't know. <laughs> right. Yep. And on the state side, uh, a lot of that has to do with Medicare and, and the rules and the regulations that, that Medicare governs over us. So, you know, it's, right. it's not because we're all cold and we're all mean and we don't want people to um, recover. It's we, we have regulations. There, there are regulations that need to be followed. Right. And the same is here. And the problem is, where are you going to put them? Because there's not always beds available. Mm -hmm. And um, I also tell people that if you're a couple and one of you needs and the other one needs different care, you're not always going to be put in the same place unless you're going private. So we have two systems in Canada, private and public. Oh, okay. And with private, you can find somewhere that suits you because you're paying. Mm -hmm. You're paying anywhere from five to $8,000 a month. If you are in public care, a part of your income, portion, 70% of your income will care. So you still pay, but not as much because it's 70%. So everybody walking down the hallway is paying something different because they all have different income. But you have no choices. Mm -hmm. You have no choices of where you're going to go. It's wherever there's a bed available. Mm -hmm. So for husband and wives, you could be split up. So your dad could be in one place and your mom could be in another. Mm. There's no choices really, because it's all about a bed of availability. Um, um, so it's, is it is it the same there? Um, basically pretty much uh, we in on the state side we are re, um am talking as a hospital person right now even though i'm not in there anymore but yes um we are required under medicare to offer choices and so typically what um, the discharge planner will do is copy or print off the medicare.gov a list of rehab centers give it to you and say, give me your top three. In the meantime, she's making other referrals too, because she knows those aren't going to work. Oh, so, I see. Yeah. So she's going to find, so do families try to, do they argue a lot with each other about this whole process? Sometimes um, I always found, and even today in my business, as as I'm doing it today, um, getting all family members on the same page can be challenging. Uh, you know, if you don't understand the process, if you don't understand what is actually happening, or if no one actually helps you learn um, what steps are next, that's going to cause quite a bit of tension. And yeah. So I, I, I really did find that that um, being unlearned with the whole process really did cause more more problems than anything. Yes. So what is your main goal when you get a phone? You, you know, is there three things that you specifically help them with or, you know, like you help them get placed somewhere, you help them what are the different things that you can help them with? Sure. So I like to think, I, I like this thought. Um, this is something that just really makes me feel all warm inside. So um, in my mind, a geriatric consultant is like a concierge or a coach. And it is going to be my job to help you navigate your situation. So it really depends. I, I like to do my official, I am a social, a licensed social worker. So I do an official um, assessment. Um, and then I can give you my exact recommendations based on the scoring of, of what we come up with together. 
Um, I like to have as many people on the call. I can work all over the United States on the Zoom call, making sure that we're all answering the questions the same way and kind of checks and balances and making sure that we get an accurate assessment. And then from there, we decide um, on what's going to be the best for your aging loved one. Um, is it going to be safe to keep them in the home um, with a little bit of home health? Is it going to be a smarter choice to look into assisted living or even memory care? Or are we needing hospice or even long-term uh, care placement? So uh, together, we work on that outcome. And then depending on, on how you want me to uh, move forward, either I will do the entire process for you, or if you are more of a hands-on person, I can do my assessment, give you my recommendations, and then I can give you a blueprint, uh, a checklist of exactly how to do the work through the system, making sure that you follow the checklist exactly how it's presented. Right. People don't realize how how um, in-depth it actually is. Um, what percentage of people that you came across were actually prepared? What would you say your percentage would be? 0. 0.5. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really low. <laughs> yeah, that's the first number that came to my mind when you said that. Yeah. And, you know, dealing with my parents now, who are 88, <sighs> yeah, I have a whole other view. And it's... And it's not so much that I haven't tried to talk. This is my job. Like, this is what I do on a daily basis. Um, but it's so hard. It's so difficult to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. Because um, when I ask a question like, Mom, what would you like done with your ashes? Because you said you wanted to be cremated. But have you given it any thought? But they don't want to think about it. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to even tell you. So mm -hmm. I've been, if I could just keep asking, like just every now and then, just lightly, I get a little bit more and more out of the story. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel bad because my other sisters haven't heard it. So then I think, well, will they believe me when the time comes? Sure. When you have to make these decisions? Are they just going to make up their own choices? Mm -hmm. So there's this family dilemma, you know, kind of. So I, it's like moving. Um, we bring in a mover and then they look after it for the day and do their moving. But if you don't have a plan, it, it just makes the day and the week and the month and everything just a pure mess. So I love what you do and I love how you can help people because this is difficult people. This is this is something that isn't easy because you have the frustration of their their physicalness, like their physical capabilities and their mental capabilities at that point in time. And then you have family involved in this mess sisters brothers and i don't know there aren't very many people that can all get along either so you know you have all of this added on so um do you help with all, all of that then because somebody has to take charge and mm -hmm. yes make yep. it work right Yep. How I do that is if someone is is wondering if if I can help them help their family, um, we get on a, a free 30 minute clarity call. And I want everyone that can possibly be in involved in that call on the line um, because I'm the one that can ask the difficult questions. I can I can ask, can anyone else collaborate? And can any can anyone else validate what's being said here? So I can quickly shut down family dynamics in a very yeah. loving and caring way. And, you know, keep facts, the facts. And 
keep the shoulds and shouldn'ts out of it because shoulds and shouldn'ts, we all know, um, can make you feel guilty and place blame. You should have, you shouldn't have. It's not a positive thing. Or I could have. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just have a, a way of, of making people come together and putting aside their differences and talking through the issues. It's almost like a mediator kind of too. Yes. Yeah. And believe it or not, sometimes the hardest cases that I have now in my in my private business is the aging loved one, the actual client wants to stay home and it's not safe. So then it's it's being able to talk to that person in a way that they can understand and to help them make the decision that that's yes, it's time. That's worth a million dollars right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I'll, I'll tell you, that's a hard one. People want to stay home. That's a hard thing to get them to not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, um, there's so much safety around all of that now. You know, I hear often, I hear often, you know what? I took care of you while you were a baby and growing up. Now you are obligated to take care of me and my final stages of life. Oh, dear. And I hear that often. And so we, we unpack that together. And we really kind of look at the differences between raising that newborn baby and and caring for someone full time 24 seven. Um, maybe that has dementia. And and we just look at the differences and it really it really does help. Um, one client I had the 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 couple were determined to stay home oh. End a story. That's it. And the family had already paid for my services. So we all get on a call and I start my assessment and I just say, let's just move through this. Let me ask you all of these questions and let's let's get through this. By the end of it, um, they said, we're ready to move. Oh, so it's sometimes just bringing about um, just the 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 what is actually happening in their day to day life and how things could be so much better. And I I think that's what we lose sight of is how much better life could be. And I like encouraging people not to move into assisted living or long-term care or any other situation, not with the attitude, I'm going there to die, you know, because that's what you're going to do. Yeah. Other, on the other hand, you can have the attitude is, I don't have to do my laundry anymore. Who would like to do that anyway? And now I have the opportunity to live my best life because everything is going to be available to me. So it's just really working on that mindset and shifting that thinking a little bit that, that helps open that door. Absolutely. I've seen so many people that are so grouchy and don't want to go and will not go to a home and they don't care, you know, basically. And then I met a lady who went into a home. Her children put her in there. They live far away. And she thought she died. And she thought she was a queen. Like she literally, she had dementia. She literally thought she turned into a queen. And she had her laundry done for her. She had her someone take give her her pills. She had someone help her with her bath or her shower. She had someone like she had things to go to. She had a place to sit. She didn't have to make her dinner. Like she literally had was a queen. And I thought, what a great way of looking at it. Yeah, that is. That is, you know, something else that and I, I won't belabor this point. I won't carry it on too long, but I think it's really worth our our thinking about. And that is, you know, a lot of caregivers begin their journey out of a sense of obligation. And if you don't get a hold of that thought, it can really suddenly turn into something that's not very pleasant. 
because yeah. a lot a lot of times when we begin our caregiving journey out of obligation that means it's probably not going to go away we're probably going to be a caregiver until we decide to make a change so really yeah. understanding that obligation can kind of run amok, so to speak, if you don't keep control of the thought and the feeling. I always say that obligation can turn into overwhelm. Overwhelm, if not handled properly, will turn into stress. Stress as a caregiver can turn into compassion fatigue and caregiver burnout. And that's not a good place to be. No. So it's really about managing your mind as a caregiver and really knowing when and how to have difficult conversations with the one that you're caring for. I and I and I am putting a program together for this. Um, but I realize that people don't know what to prepare for. So they have no idea not ahead. And, and so I think it's hard to have people prepared because you don't really know what you're going to get into. Right. 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 Um, exactly. Until you're in it. Mm -hmm. And then how do you get out of it? Mm -hmm. um, because it might be changing your relationship with your spouse. It might be changing your relationship with friends and family. Yeah. And so what do you do now? And if they have any physical or dementia or Alzheimer's, um, I can tell you from personal that it's not fun. And I, I use an example of dementia as it's like dealing with someone who can't reason. Mm -hmm. I didn't think reasoning was a thing, but apparently it is. Mm -hmm. And it's like a, a teenager, like a really bad, stubborn, bratty teenager that doesn't want to listen to you <laughs> because they know better. They know everything. Yeah. And they know better than you do. So I would deal with a young baby any day of the week compared to a bad teenager yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they're, between their attitude and them knowing and not being able to reason, mm -hmm. you know, it, it all accumulates. So how do you, I guess you help with all of that and you know, you know what to look for because mm -hmm. I wouldn't like people like us who are put into it. We don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it is, it is being a caregiver is kind of like, like parenting. So do you help helping them? Yeah. 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 Being, being a caregiver is, is, is kind of like caring for a newborn in a way that you can read your books about caring for your newborn baby, but until you actually get into it, you really don't know how. <laughs> Same as caregiving. You can read all the books. You can plan all you want. But until you're actually in the middle of it, you really don't know how you're going to react or respond to it. No. And you don't know how you're going to deal with it either. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. it's not what you pictured mm -hmm. in your mind when you took the job on. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times people just have them come move in with them or they have a like a basement suite or a little side suite of some sort or something. And that's not too bad when I think when they're separate, like when there's a separation, but sometimes there's no separation mm -hmm. between your family and them. Right. Right. You know, I, I tell uh, people, um, think about how you handle crises. How, how do you normally do it? Do, do you easily become overwhelmed, stressed out? Because how you handle your crisis situations outside of caregiving is probably how you're going to handle it inside caregiving. Yeah. Because how you deal with stress, how you deal with overwhelm, is a habit and it's 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 how you do it you will bring those habits into your caregiving journey right as much as you think it doesn't <laughs> yeah 
And people probably might not have ever experienced crisis, so they don't really know what they're going to do. True. And I talk about that too. And, you know, when someone just all of a sudden out of the blue gets really sick or injured or, mm -hmm. or passes away and nobody knows what they're going to do. Do in a crisis. Uh, yeah. Many people say, Oh, I don't know what I do. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think we do know. I, I, because I visit people with insurance checks after all the time and go and see how they're doing and managing out and, it might be a week or two later and I find out that you know some people can't stay in the house some people can't be anywhere close to what happened mm -hmm. or they won't leave the house like this. there's one version and then there's the opposite so I assume we all want our parent looked after I assume um, in some shape or form but it's getting to that point. And so I think everybody needs someone like you to, to help guide them through that process. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's the, the whole process. I mean, there's so many different analogies, Tina, that we can bring to the table to help people understand what I do. Um, what I do is, is can be compared to making cookies. You know what? You have to have all the ingredients added exactly just right, mixed in the right manner, scooped out in the right shape, baked to perfection before and and wait till they cool off before you eat them. I mean, you know, you have to follow that process. And that's what I do is, is I help families um, follow this very specific process of how to get your aging loved one to where they need you know, to be. Yes. Um, do you know when we talked about at the beginning of the show that your battery, you plugged it in? I need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so can you, can you talk for like one second? I and, can. And, and talk about, um, let's talk about, where do you start with the people that call you and, sure. and how does that sure. yeah. feel for them? Yep. Let's start and give me one second and I'll be right sure. back and you sure. can talk about that. You bet. Okay. See you in a second. All right. So um, what happens when someone works with me? Um, first of all, it's not, we have to decide together that working together is going to be the best fit. So I typically have you um, go through a little bit of a funnel, so to speak, and I have you answer a questionnaire. And once, once we get to the bottom of that, then you're able to schedule a free 30-minute call with me. And during that call is when I do the investigative work. Um, I ask you lots of questions. And together, then we can decide whether or not working together is going to be a good fit. So really the neat part about what I'm doing, um, because I'm an independent geriatric consultant, I can work anywhere in the U.S. I, I don't have a problem. Um, I've had people say, Jody, how do you send people to an assisted living in Florida when you live in Wisconsin? You go there? Do you see how it's set up? And I say no, because you know what? When I worked in the hospital, I never went anywhere. You know, I can call an assisted living or a nursing home or home health or hospice. And within five minutes of the conversation, I can determine whether or not it's going to be a good fit for my client. So um, that's kind of what we do. We, when, when we work um, through that, um, that question, questionnaire, when we're on our clarity call, that's when we decide whether or not we can work together, if that's going to be the best fit. And then from there, you decide how I can best serve you. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Are you all plugged in? I'm plugged in, yay. <laughs> um, so I missed that. But um, I wanted to ask, when, when does somebody know that they need help? That is really a good question. And I'm going to say a lot of times people don't realize it 
when they need to realize it. Probably my biggest, if, if you, there's lots of different things. So if, if you are noticing that your loved one is starting to lose weight or gain a lot of weight, something's not right. So look for the clues, look for the things. Are, do they seem more depressed? Um, just look for red flags, so to speak. And that's how you're going to determine. And there should never be shame or blame put on any caregiver that feels like something needs to give. Something's got to change. You know, I have this saying, and that is, you can only take as good of care of someone else as you do care for yourself. So if you are overwhelmed, stressed, burned out, you're not doing your loved one much good because they're going to get that from you. So the situation is, is doubly negative, I guess, is what we'll say. Yeah. So, and I think um, there's lots of mistakes that caregivers can make along the way. But I have really found that the biggest mistake that caregivers can make is waiting too long to have that difficult conversation or to make some kind of a change. Because the longer you wait, the more options you take away. Yes, because their health diminishes as well. Mm -hmm. And their mental capacity changes, sometimes yes. daily. <laughs> yes, yes. And so what do you think about people that take on this sort of job and then realize that, you know, they might be caring for them. They might be making sure that they're eating and they might make sure that they're bathing, but who is looking after all of these documents that they also need to have these family conversations regarding? because they're difficult and difficult to make, like to create the answers and their wishes. I, I know how hard it is because they don't, once they get to a certain stage in their condition, I have found that it becomes more and more difficult because their reasoning has changed and they do not want to think about them dying they are not going to die. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> that's just their head. So I just find that stage so difficult. Like if you can catch them before they get to that point, it's so important and makes your life so much easier. It if does. you can talk to them at a level that they're somewhat normal at, there's a normalcy and they can make decisions and they don't mind making them. Mm -hmm. But when you get to a point where that changes, mm -hmm. first off, they have a difficult time reasoning out anything to make it. And then there's this strange, not wanting to talk about it because it's not gonna happen because they're not gonna die. There's nothing wrong with them. So I don't know. I, I just don't know how you can get around at that once you get to that stage. Have you had any luck with that point? Um, I have talked about it. And it is interesting that when you get a social worker involved, how people shape up. <laughs> and they're more willing to talk about those difficult things. And and you know what, I'm, I'm able to, to really talk about difficult places. Um, I'm able to talk about death in a way that um, I, I guess I'll say with, with some authority. And for some reason, when a social worker steps in, everyone calms down, everyone listens, and then we can make some steps forward. So um, that can happen with a lot of other middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like a stranger coming in to mm -hmm. that's not emotional and 
get like a mediator that can kind of help yeah. guide everybody um, yeah. in the right answers. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's also important to um, really listen to that elderly person and try, yes, their reasoning has, has probably diminished, but talk about some of their fears, allow them to communicate, allow them to share what's on their heart. When you break that barrier down and when you listen to what their heart is telling them, that just builds trust, which means they're going to listen to you. So that's an important factor too. Instead of saying, mom, you just need to get that power of attorney for healthcare document done. Let's just do it because I, I, I just don't want to deal with this. Well, right there with that person that might have some dementia. That's simple. <laughs> with that person that might have dementia, that can't reason, you are immediately putting them on defense. They're not going to listen to you and they're going to buck you. They're gonna do, not going to do anything that you're suggesting. But it sounds all right from her point of view, like that person's point of view. I mean, let's do it and get it done, right? Yeah. From their point of view. Yeah. You know, I really find that it works well when you have a difficult thing that you need to talk about. You can preface it by saying something like, Mom, how is it best going to be for me to approach you when I feel your driving might not be safe any longer? How do you want me to talk to you about that? That's a good one. That takes down. Beforehand. Yeah, that takes down all the defense right there. Take, breaks it all down. Or in other ways, if, if you are like in the middle of something and you don't have time to do that, you can start a conversation by something like, Mom, I need to talk to you about your driving. I know this is going to be hard for you. And it's going to be hard for me. Let's talk. But, you know, just starting the conversation on on uh, just by breaking down any defense that that might pop up. Um, that that's. That is probably. Way, yeah, my best advice. That's a good tip. Um, and I, I think it's not. It's more of a reaction, I think, when you get frustrated. I find myself get really, really frustrated because one minute they seem fine and the next minute they don't. Right. And so I feel like you, you almost as a caregiver, so to speak, or someone that is helping them out in some shape or form. Yeah. You almost feel like you're crazy. Yeah. Because one minute they seem fine and the next minute you know, in an hour after they have lunch or something, then it's like, what just happened? <laughs> it, it, nothing yeah. makes any sense to what just happened. So um, mm -hmm. I find it very frustrating. I think that's the big best word of the day for that topic, because it doesn't necessarily have, to, it makes you angry in some shape or form. And it, it brings out I find too, when it's family, it brings out all these trigger things. Mm -hmm. So sure yeah. that's why you need someone like you to kind of be in the middle of this, because even whether you think it, it does or doesn't, there are things that they do or say that triggers you from your past and you growing up that you have to almost go like this. <laughs> and put your hand over your mouth because you know something bad is going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can see that being a difficult mm -hmm. tea around the whole thing, especially. Mm -hmm. I mean, because we're talking about you help, whether it's moving to a different location or getting help in, but also how can we help you? How can we help them? Um, make sure that they're safe and that they're eating properly. Cause there are people out there that start hoarding mm -hmm. food and they think because they want to save it for tomorrow's food and not use today's food. 
Yes. I mean, I see this and that's common, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. You know, another thing when, when we're approaching difficult conversations, really check your motive and really know why you are talking about this difficult thing. Make sure that I'm just going to keep on the driving um, because that's easy to really see. If your motive for having your mom stop driving is to take her keys away, you're going to run into some trouble with that conversation. Or on the other hand, if your motive is, I really love my mom and I want to keep her and everyone else safe. So really think about why you want to have the conversation. And if your motive maybe isn't as positive as it should be, try to work around that. And a lot of times how I work around that in, in personal decisions and, and conversations that I have to have is I have several mentors and I imagine them sitting around my table and I stand up and I present my problem and I'll just keep on the driving. I'll say, my mom's driving has deteriorated. She's not safe on the road anymore. And then I go around the table in my mind and I listen to how each one of those mentors is going to talk to me about that. So my, my grandmother is one of my mentors. She's no longer with me. God bless her soul. But, you know, I can just hear her. Oh, Jody, just listen to your tone of voice. Let's try to think about this differently. Or, you know, and I just go around the table in my mind and I get everyone's advice. And then that pretty much gets my motive of what I want to talk about right on track. Yes. And it, it brings to mind that if you had a hard growing up and say these are your parents that you're talking about, it brings a whole other level in that you have to deal with because you may love your parents, but there might be other trauma issues around all of that, right? So now you're put in this position of trying to make choices and decisions for them. And you have this kind of history of complication and, yeah, you know, my mom didn't understand me, whatever it might be, right, growing up. And now you're the parent and they're the child. And it's, it's so difficult. No one can even understand what that's like once you get involved into it mm -hmm. and start really digging deep into these questions that they have to answer and make decisions about. Mm -hmm. And we haven't even talked about the documents that they need to prepare and make right. sure that they have all of that in order. And that's a whole lot other level to the caregiver because hey i just took the job on to make sure that they ate and that they're safe i don't want all this other stuff mm -hmm. exactly exactly well said yeah so um i guess you you come in and just help them make decisions and make a plan no matter where they're at or what difficulties there might be having in certain areas right mm -hmm. yep yeah that's who That's would where have I ever thought that there would be a job for that? Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I, I am to the point now where I am very grateful and thankful that I went through what I went through at, at my hospital job because it's really shaped me and molded me and really made me into a, the kind of social worker, the kind of geriatric consultant that I really want to be. Yes. Because you can see the dark side and, and the light side. Mm -hmm. Like I do when I've seen clients messed up because they don't know what they have. And yeah. they don't know what they want. And they don't know, you know, nothing happened to them. So 
you know, why do I need life insurance or why do I need disability insurance? And, you know, I'm nothing's going to happen to me. Yeah. That type of thing. Or why do I have to get my stuff in order? Because I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you just don't know. No. I had a client who in her early 50s got dementia and they were working at a car dealership selling cars and they couldn't seem to process used to be able to do in their mind and made mistakes and nobody really understanding what was happening to them. They didn't understand and, but they were making a lot of errors and things like that. So things can change. Like you get up from the bed one day and the next day you're different, mm -hmm. but nobody believes me when I tell them that. Yeah. Nope. That is, that is so true. It is so right. You know, and I, I always, um, I've raised my, my three sons, and knowing that, you know what, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So do not put off tomorrow what you can do today. That's for sure. I know it's cliche, well, but that's it's true. It is true. And I always say, if you get the app and you do one little section of it, that's more than what you did before. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, um, what kind of final message, even though I do not want to end this, because we could talk about this. I mean, there's so many levels and I'm going to have to have you come back on. Because there really truly is levels to caregiving and dealing with parents and um, which I think the majority are. Um, there's decisions that have to be made and there's choices and how to talk to them and how to mm -hmm. maneuver through the system as well. There's so many complications involved. What kind of final message would you like to leave the, with the listeners? Yeah, I think the first thing that is, is coming to mind, top of my mind is, is for any caregiver out there that is feeling that obligation, that overwhelm, stress, or any of those other things, you know, don't wait too long to reach out for help. Um, don't think that tomorrow everything's going to be better. You know, don't wait. Um, reach out. Find someone that you can talk to. If you can't find anyone to talk to, talk to me. Talk to Tina. But reach out. Um, don't don't allow that overwhelm and stress and caregiver fatigue and burnout to crush you. Yes, um, that's that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Is is there is someone because it affects your family life. Everything. Yes. It affects your work. It affects your career. It affects your job. It affects your relationships. It affects, it affects everything. Yes. Yes. So yeah, and, uh, reach out. Yeah. Thank you. That's excellent. Thank you so much. And I think that's much appreciated. I'm definitely going to have you come back on in a few months because we could really delve deeper into this topic. Yes. And and so thank that. you for coming on our show. Thank you so very, very my, much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited about coming back. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, I don't want to end it because, you know, this is such a great show. And, and I know so many people are dealing with this on a daily level. Um, and so please take a moment, like and subscribe to our channel. Get my hand out again down here in the subscribe button. Don't forget to push that subscribe button for you guys. Oh, and I even have a new button that I made. So like, share and subscribe. Stay tuned for our podcast and our live streams. I have great conversations with some of the most and accomplished people in the world, just like Joey, who can all help us out with guiding us through this process of caregiving. Um, I think you'd be inspired and motivated. And if you aren't thinking about your unique plan, it's time that you do, because I help guide you through that process. And actually, it's much like a DIY process. It's your own plan, and it's whatever you want it to be. And it's just giving you the knowledge and empowering you to be able to do it. So if you are thinking about that special someone right now watching and you haven't spoken to them in a while,
please reach out to them. Call them. We still have phones. FaceTime them, Zoom them, knock on their door, phone them, whatever it takes. But please do and tell them how much you love and care about them because you don't know what tomorrow might bring. Uh, thank you again to all of our listeners. I appreciate each and every one of you. We are on all podcast platforms, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, and TikTok. And we do have a Facebook e-group for people who want to join and be part of the community and ask questions and give uh, maybe other wonderful people in the group answers to what they've done. It's a great group and uh, lots, lots to share in that kind of uh, environment. Um, I always end with Carol Burnett, and I know Jody knows who Carol Burnett is. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh or sing a song. Seems we just get started. And before you know it, time, we have to say so long. So long, everybody. I love each and every one of you. Thank you, Jody, for coming on our show and giving us some guidance and tips to, to this dilemma that we get thrown at us sometimes. Um, that's basically how I think we all feel, whether you are in a small family or a big family. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for coming on our show today. Thank you. Um, be kind, stay safe, expect the unexpected. Because you just never know. Stay next week's podcast coming to you. Thank you, everybody. Bye for now.